Hey friends, I'm your host, Jana, founder of Modern Daughter, and I am so glad you are tuning in. This podcast is a safe place to go deep, to get into the real, raw, and vulnerable questions many of us have. In this podcast, we will talk about sin struggles, trauma, and experiences, along with some testimonies of friends who have walked through hard times and have come out the other side healed, whole, and living out their purpose in Christ. In this podcast, we hope to provide you with an encouraging word and biblical perspective, as well as practical tips to help you to take every thought captive, to have boldness in your faith, and to walk in wholeness as a child of the Most High King. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Modern Daughter Podcast. Today, I have a modern son with us. Uh, His name is Josh Ring. What's up, what's up? He is the youth pastor at Grace Plano Church um, in the North Dallas area in Texas. Um, And I have actually gotten the opportunity to serve under Josh um, for about a year and just witness his leadership, the way that he um, just leads with discernment and wisdom and just really listens to the spirit of God and the way that God is leading. And so um, that's been incredible to be a witness uh, to that. And I am so excited um, to have him on today and for him to get to share some of his story. Um, You know, it's really hard. Every time I have someone on to share their testimony, I'm like, you know, we only have like 40 minutes, so you can only share like, you know, a minimal amount. But um, it's always so powerful and impactful, even to me, just to be able to sit on the other side, um, you know, and just to be able to listen and take it in, but also to be able to have a platform to share this with others. So... For those of you listening, um, I hope that this uh, message today just really encourages you, blesses you, um, and is a testimony of God's faithfulness through really hard times. So um, before we dive in, I have a couple uh, flash questions for you, Josh. I'm ready for them. (laughs) Okay. So if you had one extra hour of free time per day, how would you spend it? So I feel like as a husband and father, the... Correct answer would be to spend time with my family, um, which may be true. Uh, you about but, to say video games? But it, but yeah. So, but if, if we're talking get to know Josh and who he is outside of the the, the obvious things, it would 100% be I'm gonna hop on the sticks and play some Xbox with the boys. And so um, yeah, definitely definitely playing some Xbox would be the move. So yeah. So uh, yeah, I only knew about the video game because of Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we you know, going to church together and stuff, they have a, they have a men's like group, I guess, that I'll just hop on and play games. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty it's cool. community, you know? It's yeah, it is. That's awesome. Uh, so number two, what is one thing that you can do better than anyone else that you know? One thing I can do better than anyone else I know. I can honestly say video games with this too, because <laughs> all of my friends are terrible, but I'm probably the best. Um, no, I think one of the things that I do better than most people is, um, just my ability to have, very quick-witted humor, um, just to have the funny thing to say on the spot all the time and to have it be on point most of the time. Now that I'm getting older, those things turn into a lot of uh, a lot of your typical dad <laughs> jokes and are not quite as funny as they used to be in my younger years. But hey, you know what? I still got it in me. <laughs> yeah, I can attest to that. That's that's real. Uh, so number three, what is the funniest thing that you did as a kid that your parents still talk about to this day? Man, that's tough because. I have a lot of things that my parents still talk about because I feel like my whole childhood was a mess in in a funny way. Um, But I'd say the number one thing that my parents still talk about that I think is funny and weird and gross all at the same time is 
um, that I would, eat, I would eat the cat's food, like not just like a moment of eating cat food. I'm talking like a consistent thing that like my parents had to come up with a family plan to like have the cat food not what? reachable by their toddler child. And so, yeah, um, I apparently was a big fan of cat food as a kid. And so wow. here we are today. That's awesome. Yeah, so that, that explains so a lot. Feed your kids cat food and they'll turn out to be a pastor and, and live a great life. So mm, I don't know if that's the moral of the story. <laughs> they have to like put it under lock and key or yes, like top abso- shelf. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was like the cat had to climb for his food so that I couldn't get to it. So that's awesome. Uh, one more thing. Uh, do you know your Enneagram? So I don't know my Enneagram. I should because I used to be huge on personality types, but that was back when like disc was like the go-to. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what my Enneagram would be. Maybe a three, um, but I haven't, <laughs> I I haven't like, fully done the, the I haven't, if I had to guess without fully like studying what it is, I'd probably say like a three with nine or something like that. But okay. I mean, I know about Enneagrams. I just don't know exactly like what my, what mine is. So. All right. So would you say that you're more introverted or extroverted? Definitely more extroverted. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. So with that, there's some, you know, some introduction for you about Josh a little bit behind behind the scenes of his life. Uh, So I'm going to let Josh take the reins here. He's going to share about um, loss and faithfulness today. So, uh, yeah, just going to hand it over to you. Well, thank you, ma'am. So when Jana asked me to be a part of this modern daughter, um, modern son leg of the of the ministry, and ask, so what do, you, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to share? I, I have, I'm 37 years old, so you know, I don't know the age of the, of the listener. I don't know what, how old everyone is that's, that's listening right now. Um, but I've been through a lot in life. Um, and so it was ca- hard to kind of figure out what exactly would be the best thing to talk about that I feel like would help the most people because that would be my heart to, behind this. And so I just thought about the, really the pivot moment in my life. And so for you to really understand the, the value and importance of what this moment was, um, I had to give you a little bit of history. And so what that history looks like is, is I grew up in church. Um, my parents were the kind of parents that said, if the church doors are open, if there's an event happening, you have to be there. Um, and that's just how we lived our life. And the problem with that was is that my parents forced us to go to church, but then whenever I would come home, our home life looked nothing like what I was hearing from the platform from our pastors. And so it created this, this battle within me of saying, I. The value of church is there because we're supposed to go all the time, but also there's no like value of church at home. Like once we get there, my parents are fighting. My dad was an alcoholic and there was just so many different things that really just got me to the point where I said, I can't, I'm, I refuse to be a believer if this is what Christianity looks like. Hmm. So from that point forward, from the time I was 15 until I was probably in my mid twenties, maybe even later, my faith walk with God was a roller coaster. I would, I felt like I would go through like a year to year and a half of ups where I was like serving God and, and faithful in church because of choice, not because of being forced to and um, make, you know, living a life that looked Christ-like that was, you know, reading my Bible and praying and do the things you're, you're supposed to do to strengthen your relationship with God. And then one thing would happen and it would force me to go completely downhill and mm-hmm. I'd get back into partying and drinking and doing drugs and, yeah. you know, living a life that was less than God had designed for me. And so my whole life was this roller coaster up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, fast forward several years, I ended up, you know, one of my up moments, I go to Bible school. But while I was at Bible school, one of my down moments came to where, like, I'm attending Bible school and being trained up for ministry, but partying on the weekends. And mm-hmm. so it was like this, this double life that I was living. 
So I end up meeting my wife now of 11 years. Yes, 11 years. <laughs> seven, yeah, 11 years for sure. 11 years. Um, met my wife and the same thing with her. Like I would, we, we would together, now I'm drawing this other person into this life of up and down to where mm. when things were good, man, we were serving God over the most faithful people you could imagine. Mm. And then one negative thing would take place or one you know, depression moment or whatever it was would happen. And I would go back to that downhill, like yeah. let's drink, let's, let's find every other solution to find peace other than in God's arms. And so mm. um, it was just this roller coaster moment. And so that was what my life literally looked like from the time I was 15. And really until the moment that I'm going to share, you know, as, as a part of the huge part of my testimony is, is that my life was a roller coaster. Like you never knew, like Josh could be the guy that like everybody looked at and said, man, that's the kind of Christian I want to be. And then five months later, be like, what the heck happened to him? I remember when he used to serve the Lord and now he's living for the world. And um, so then you fast forward a few more years and me and my wife are married. And we find out that we're pregnant, which is an exciting moment for any family. Um, we're trying to have kids too, so it wasn't like it was an unplanned thing. Like we were, this was a, a total planned thing. We were excited, we're thrilled. During that time, we were also serving in a youth ministry it was about 45 minutes from where we lived, and it was a, it was a tough challenge, um, but it was right. Like the, the youth ministry was growing, things were things were going great. We were a huge asset to the leadership team that they had there, and so it was just like a great time of life. Like we're serving at this great church, you know, our, we're we're about to have a baby. Like everything is going just really good, and because of the distance from where we live, we would only go to that church on Wednesday nights to serve in the youth ministry, but we didn't attend the church on Sunday mornings, and. I, I'm sure that's probably fine for some people, but for us, that was a big deal. Um, we wanted to, if we're going to serve so heavily in the youth ministry and invest our lives into the students there, we felt that it was only right that we also be a part of the church. Mm -hmm. And that was just a really tough thing to do because of where we lived. Mm -hmm. And so we prayed and we felt like God was leading us to move closer to that church. And so, you know, 45 minutes away was in a completely different town. and. So we decided, like, let's let's do this. God is saying, let's let's move. We moved away from everything that we knew. Um, you know, Tulsa, where we were at at the time, is not a huge city, uh, but there's still at least a decent amount of things to do there. We moved in the opposite direction. We moved to a little town in Muskogee, Oklahoma, where there's literally a Walmart. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing there, and so um, it was a big sacrifice for us to do that. But we felt like this is where God wants us to be. Like we're willing to do whatever yeah. God wants us yeah. to do. And so we moved to this town, and that was in August of 2011. And things were good. Like, we started getting involved in the church. Um, I started doing some serving in the, in the church as well as the youth that we were already doing. And things were phenomenal. You know, we were, we were, we were going to, um, you know, we got to hear the heartbeat several times. And, like, you know, things were exciting with, with having a baby. And um, life just seemed like you have those moments in life where, um, anybody that's lived any amount of years knows that life is, is ups and downs. Like you have moments of life that are like things just seem to be awesome and working yeah. well. And you have other moments of life where thing, things seem to just be like, why is the whole world against me? Yeah. And uh, this <laughs> is one of the Kobe. up moments. Yeah, for sure, I mean, for sure. This is one of those up moments where I'm just like, God is good. Like God is taking care of like us. Like right now in your current situation? No, yeah, in, in that situation. Oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. In that situation, you know, pregnant. Um, you know, at a great at a great place, serving like the youth ministry mm -hmm. we were part of, which was our huge passion. Um, was you know we were like running like 120 people in a small town, which is which is phenomenal. It was really great. So that was in August. So then fast forward a couple months to October, and 
the youth pastor, who was also best friend and mentor, comes over to our house with his wife, and him, his wife and my wife go off into the bedroom, and him and me stay in the living room. And this is when he tells me that he's about to step down from being a youth pastor because yeah. he was involved in an adulterous situation, and he ended up getting the then worship leader of the youth ministry pregnant and was having to step down. So it was like this huge, like, what the heck just happened moment. Yeah. And we, that conversation happened the next Wednesday night, we go to youth group and they tell the youth ministry that they're stepping away. And you could tell that um, it was very much built around him, his personality and his anointing and not mm. so much around the value of of God mm. and so whenever they made that announcement the youth ministry that was 120 immediately dropped in half to 60 wow. the following week and we knew that part of why we came there was not just for the youth ministry but for that couple like we like we loved them like that he like I said he was my mentor and so like we struggled with that like that whole situation of like not just because of the church but just because like the man that I looked up to has made this mistake that was detrimental to his life and his ministry and it affected literally everyone around him and so that was like moment one of like what the heck god like we just moved here in august and the ministry we moved here for didn't even like sustain past two months wow. and unfortunately the elders of the church there felt like I don't, they had like this weird mindset of like his decisions somehow left a stain in that ministry and so their decision was that they would shut the ministry down well um like the never, whole youth the ministry? whole youth ministry wow okay. for a season they wanted to just shut it down completely so they could do like a complete refresh wow. and so now here we are like that frustrated us we left the church okay so now here we are in a small town that we moved for the church the ministry is no longer there my mentor messed up and his you know his whole life and marriage is all ruined mm -hmm. and now the ministry we moved there for is shut down mm -hmm. but we still had hope so we still, in the midst of all that, we still had hope because we're about to have a baby. Like, this is still exciting. We're like, yes, it sucks that all that happened, but we believe that God had a plan. And we, you know, we kept a positive attitude through it all. And then we get to December and December 15th, my birthday, I always remember that. December 15th, we go to the doctor to find out what we're having. And um, lo and behold, find out we're having a boy. Super excited, get to have my son first. Like, this is gonna be amazing. Um, I've always wanted a son first so that he can be older than the daughters that I have um, and be able to help protect them. That's like that's always been like my dream when it came to kids. Mm -hmm. So we find out we're having a son. So it's like the best moment ever. Then fast forward a couple more weeks to December uh, the 25th, Christmas Day, um, the most memorable Christmas of my life and not necessarily for good reasons, but it was the most memorable Christmas of my life. And so here we are living 45 minutes away. We're going to uh, my wife's parents' house and we drive there, Christmas morning is great. We have amazing time with the family. All the gifts we open for that day are for our son, who's gonna be named Grayson, so I'll probably just reference Grayson from this point, just easier. But every gift was gonna be for Grayson. Everything, um, like everything that we got, like we literally got so many presents, but they were all like clothes and baby <laughs> stuff and all this stuff, but it was exciting, because yeah. I mean like this is our first kid, yeah. this is great. Um, and so everything is great. And then Christmas, you know, we, we end of Christmas day, it's time to go home. And so we start driving home and everything's fine. And we get to the house um, and Tara's like, I got to go to the restroom. If you want to start getting the gifts, I'll come out and help you after it's done. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like nothing, like thinking nothing of what is taking place. And she goes inside and 
she yells out that she's bleeding, which anybody that, in case you don't know this, if you're listening, bleeding during a pregnancy is a very negative thing. You don't want that to ever, ever happen while you're, while you're pregnant. And so, um, she, I go in there and she's like freaking out because she's bleeding a lot. And so of course we take her to the hospital, get to the hospital. She stops bleeding for a while. And so they think, you know, maybe it was just a freak thing. Baby's heartbeat is still solid. Nothing like they're not finding anything at the emergency room that we went to. So they're getting ready to discharge us. And so while they're doing that, I go to the restroom and while I'm in the restroom, I hear her yell for the doctors. So I'm like, hurry up quickly and go back into the room. And there's blood like everywhere. Mm-hmm. So she's bleeding again. And so they take us by ambulance to a hospital um, in Tulsa because at the time we were in Muskogee. They take us to Tulsa. And essentially what happened is, is that her cervix was too weak to be able to handle the weight of the baby. So the doctors did everything they could as far as like trying to use gravity or literally do anything they could to get the baby to not deliver essentially. Um, But it was to the point where the baby was kind of just stuck between the cervix and her, and her, and her womb. And so it was like this weird moment of how many weeks old was the baby? So this would have been 21 weeks and six days. Okay. So So significantly too, yeah, so too young. And so the hardest conversation and decision I've ever had in my life is when the doctors come in, they have specialists come in. So we're like in there with three different doctors and they basically tell us we're going to have to deliver this baby to keep your wife healthy. Like they're going to like, this is not a healthy situation for your wife to be in right now. So like Mm -hmm. delivering the baby is going to happen. Here's your choices. Um, you can choose to just let it be and the baby obviously won't make it. Or you can choose to incubate, but here's the deal with incubation. Because of where you're at in the pregnancy, the lungs of this baby are not developed well enough to even survive incubation. Mm. Um, And essentially, there's a 95% chance that the baby won't survive. So there's a 5% chance of survival. But within that 5% chance of survival, there was another 95% that said there would be severe complications, whether that be mentally Mm. handicapped, physically handicapped, whatever the situation Mm. may be. So they basically said, you decide. And then they leave. And me and oh my, my wife goodness. had to make this decision of like, do we let our baby die or do we believe for a miracle? Mm-hmm. And growing up in a household of faith, growing up in a church that believes in faith, my initial thought was, well, yeah, like God's going to give us a miracle. So like, let's do this. But it was weird because as we prayed, we felt like God was saying No. Mm. and that was tough to hear because I'm like I want to have faith right now but also like why why do I feel like God is saying no Mm. and so we eventually get to the point where we just tell them like not only do we not want to save the baby they also gave us the decision of like do you even want to see the baby like some people that go through that would rather just like not see it and treat it like similar to a miscarriage you know like I don't even want to see it because I don't want to have like that attachment you know to it and so we basically told them, we, we don't, we don't want to incubate. And honestly, like, we don't even want to, like, we'd rather just not even see him. And so they deliver the baby and my in-laws were there with us at the time and they wanted to see him. Hmm. And so we said, of course, like, if they want to see him, that's fine. We still didn't want to. We're like, we're still hurt. Like, we didn't know. Yeah. It was like one of them things that was just tough. And... My father-in-law, after come, going to see him, comes back in the room, and when I 
to give a like my father-in-law is like one of those people that has a dry sense of humor and shows no emotion to anything ever mm-hmm. you never tell if he's mad sad glad like literally just he's just poker face. pretty pro- poker yeah. face literally his whole life is a poker face and he comes in just broken bawling mm-hmm. and just says I know you guys see you don't want to see him but you have to he's mm-hmm. perfect like he's beautiful <laughs> and because of who he was I was like okay fine we'll do this so I go into the other room and I grab him and I'll never forget how perfect he looked because it was essentially the tiniest version of a fully developed baby. Like tiny head, tiny hands, tiny, I mean you could see the fingers were developed, his skin wasn't developed so you could literally see through him and see his heart beating and it was just, it was just an overall like just unreal looking at him and so I take him into the room and the doctors told us that we'd probably have 30 minutes with him because that's usually the longest that at that stage that baby lives without having oxygen given to them with their lungs not being developed. Mm-hmm. And so we're planning for 30 minutes. And the first victory moment of this whole thing was is that he was alive with a beating heart for two hours and 45 minutes. Wow. So we got all that time with him to just love him and, and hold him. And um, it was just so many little moments hidden within there. Um, you know, I, I, look, I remember looking at him and just saying, Grayson, I love you and I'll see you in heaven. And I swear, like, to this day that, like, he, like, flinched. Like, he was like, okay, Dad, like, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was a super special moment for me. Um, so anyways, after this happened, we go through that stuff. You know, we get home from the hospital, and we're just in, in shock, honestly. And then after the shock wears off is when, like, anger happened. Mm-hmm. Of, like, God, why me? Yeah. Why, why did this happen to me? And the hardest part for us in that situation was you have the youth pastor who slept with the worship leader outside of the, you know, cheating on his own wife, yeah. gets her pregnant. Yeah. They have a healthy baby. Mm. We had students in our youth ministry that as 16 year old kids got pregnant, had a healthy baby. Mm. Then you have us who were married, purposeful pregnancy, just moved our lives to serve God at this church and then we're the ones who lose our baby and I had so many questions around that thought process of like God like why like why would you let this happen to us like here we are being your faithful servants following your will and our baby dies but yet the people that are living in sin are having this perfectly healthy babies that they're getting to raise and like it was just such a tough moment so for six months it was just anger, frustration. Um, I, I cursed God more in that six months than I have in my entire life combined. Um, I said I would never serve him again. I said I would never, like, I'm basically done. God, I'm done with you. Like, this, if this is what life with you looks like, I want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And six months goes by, and I'll never forget this day. Like I can still visualize it like it was like it happened yesterday is I decide on his projected due date, which was like the 23rd of May. So it should have been 2012. I said, I'm going to go to his grave site and just see him on the day that he was supposed to be born. Mm-hmm. So I took two friends with me because I'm like, I can't do this by myself. Like I'll probably like crash the car on the way home from just emotional like wreck. Yeah. So I get there and my friends come with me and I remember just kneeling down on the ground 
at his gravesite and just bawling like the hardest ugliest cry you could ever imagine just crying so hard and then all of a sudden i felt like what was a weighted blanket on my shoulders and because my friends were there i thought they put something on me so at first i didn't think anything of it like i was just like i was nice i guess like i'm down here like <laughs> crying yeah. like it was may though so it's not like the weather was bad like yeah. but i was like oh, like that's cool like they put something on me like to comfort me yeah, yeah like yeah to comfort me as i'm down here and so i'm still crying and all of a sudden there's a like a moment where i just realized that it wasn't it wasn't them mm. and so i quickly like just like look up and both of them are like back always trying to give me space and both of them are like praying for me mm. but they're not anywhere near me to have done anything wow. so i like look one way to see one and i look the other to see the other and i like remember thinking what is on me right now <laughs> and i immediately stopped crying and I just remember God saying, like, this is my peace. Mm, wow. And there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that, that God's peace passes all understanding, that there's this peace that passes understanding. And I've never really understood what that scripture meant until that moment. Mm. Because I felt such strong peace, even though I didn't have any understanding of the situation like mm -hmm. all the questions I had for God were still there yeah all the anger that I still felt for God were still there like all that stuff was there but yet in the midst of that God was still like I know how you feel I see your hurt I see your pain mm -hmm. I, I don't have all the answers for you but I have this peace that I can give you and he just rested his peace on me wow. and it was such a strong moment because this is probably the first time in my life where I felt something from God in the physical realm like I felt God in the spiritual before you know feel like I like he's yeah. near me and you know feel you know in my heart or in my in my chest or in my head like I can feel God there but this is the first time like on my physical body mm -hmm. I felt God wow. and it was like after that happened it was this shift moment of okay God I am still mad I'm still hurt Mm. I am still unsure of why me, but if, but if going through tough situations has the opportunity to experience your peace in the way that I just did, mm. then I will serve you every day of my life. And, you know, I started off talking about how my life up to this point was like a roller coaster. Like it was just so up and down, um, just in, in unreal amounts. That day forward was like a true turning point of. I have not had a down since then. Mm. I have not struggled with drinking anymore. I haven't struggled with partying anymore. I haven't struggled with diving into a life where, you know, God was the opposite of what my life looked like. Yeah. Like it was like that moment was a turning point for me. And so since that moment, there's literally been time after time where I have gone through crazy struggles. I mean, the first church I worked at full time was the most broken church I've ever been a part of. Mm -hmm. And it almost broke me as a person, but even still, in the midst of that like I stayed faithful because God was so faithful and so like there was just countless story after countless story after that moment where in every opportunity that in the past I normally would have fallen off like going through several things that normally in the past they would have caused me to go dip back down into those ruts yeah. and because of God's peace in that moment it's like it 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 saved me and now here we are today been serving God faithfully for years. I'm at a church where realistically, if you look at my resume, I'm probably unqualified to be here. 
mm-hmm. personally. Obviously, God's qualifications are significantly higher yeah. than man's, and I believe that my faithfulness and and to trust God in situations that I've gone through over the past you know few years, like those are the reasons that have opened a door for me to be here. But if you look at natural things, like I don't I don't qualify to be where I'm at, and I think it's just cool how God will show himself so strong in those tough situations um, and in moments that would break most people and cause most people to stray for so long it's like in that moment is when god stepped in and gave me just a bigger portion of who he is Mm. um and you know it's 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 been since then that like you know here we are telling the most difficult story i've ever been through and a loss that I still think about to this day, but I can tell this story confidently without crying. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. The reason I could do that is because like, I see that moment now somehow, some way as a positive because of what God did through that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was just so much that God, there was so much of a testimony that was built around that moment that yes, in the natural, it's sad, it's terrible. No parent should yeah. ever have to lose their kid. No parent should ever have to go through what we went through. No parent should ever, like they say that parent that, that losing a kid is the Super Bowl of deaths. They say that's the worst kind of death that you could ever have to walk through with people mm. is because like your kids are not supposed to die before you. Like, yeah. you know, your parents are, I mean, kids are supposed to bury their parents. That's the natural way. Yeah. Uh, a parent should never have to bury a kid. Um, and so, but like I can, I can say without crying simply because like God did so much through that, that he took, you know, there's another verse that talks about how God takes things that are, that the devil meant for bad and God turns them into good. Yeah. And it's another one of those moments I can look at it and say that I think the devil was trying to destroy my calling. I think the devil mm. knew that, that I had a plan yeah. for my life yeah. and he was pulling out all the stops that he could. And God said, okay, devil, if you're going to step into my child's life, like I'm going to make it to where like it's going to, I'm going to give him something that will ground him for forever and make mm. him fight through all kinds of s- stories and seasons. And so, wow. so my life has been like, now it's like, I haven't had any down moments. Like literally the roller coaster that used to be up and down is, has been on a steady, a steady incline. And, um, just God <laughs> has been doing amazing things in our life. And so it's kind of like, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, obviously there's tons of other little parts and bits and pieces yeah. in there, but, um, in a nutshell, that's kind of like what defines me as who I am today. And, you know, a big situation that kind of helped turn around the trajectory of my life so wow well thank you so much course, for sharing absolutely. that and sharing just all of the real parts I love that you shared even about your you know your very real questions that you had about God I think sometimes you know everyone as believers we all go through trials I mean that's one of the things that the, that said in the Bible <clears throat> is that you know this this isn't easy like yeah. you know you're gonna go through persecution you're gonna go through trials um and with that comes questioning. I mean, we're all human and we're all like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> you know, yeah. like when we go through something, we're like, what is this? So for you to be able to, you know, for you to, to be in that place that you mentioned earlier, where you were looking at your and your wife's situation of running, like after ministry, running in your calling and the things that God has asked you to do, and then looking to your right and your left and seeing these people do the total, you know, opposite. Yeah and still be blessed with like healthy babies like that is that like it's so real and it's so like you know it put me in the moment to be able to experience your pain so I just thank you for for sure for that vulnerability um and I love seeing that in in Christian leaders I think it's rare um you know to see people speak out even about the you know Christianity is not always perfect 
in fact, it's not perfect <laughs> at all. No, not Jesus, yeah, Jesus not. was the only one that was perfect, yes. and now we're all just trying to like beat him. Yeah, yeah, just hobbling through life. Um, but I just, yeah, I really appreciate your vulnerability and Thank just being so able much. to share. When I know that first. one of the things that you referenced, um, you know, when I talked about me questioning God and being mad at Him, I think I'm probably one of the only leaders that I've ever heard tell people this, but I think it's healthy for us to vent our frustrations to God. Absolutely. Um, I think that sometimes we paint it as like we have to have, we have to step into God's throne room with this perfect mindset and this perfect heart and that we have to go in and say the perfect prayer. And I would I would argue 100% of the time that God's desire is that we be real with Him. Yeah. Um, I think that God likes it when we say, God, I'm mad at you. I think you did a horrible thing by doing this and allowing this to happen. Yeah. Because what it does is it gives God a chance to say, okay, I hear your pain. I hear your frustration. Now watch this. Yeah. Like watch me, <laughs> like watch me fix that. And it's almost like, you know, it's, like it is, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like this moment of God saying, son, daughter, I hear you. And even still in the midst of your frustration, I got you. Yeah. You know, and there's this like, there's this fathering spirit of, because here's the thing. You are, you know, this is your, your, this podcast is Modern Daughter. As a daughter, I can guarantee you there's been times where you were not happy and not pleased with the decision that your parents made about mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. They probably, you probably wanted to do something and they declined. At some point you wanted to go out with friends and they said no. You wanted to stay the night at a friend's house and they said no. Guess what? You were mad at them. But in those moments, it's like there was a love aspect that you could not see. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that's with God too is that in every situation that we look at and say, God, I think you were wrong for this. Mm. There's this whole love aspect of his love that we just don't see. Like there's obviously a reason and, and, and like there's countless different opinions on people of saying like, did God take my son or did it, he allow it to happen? Honestly, like those questions don't mean anything to me. All I know is that I trust God in whatever decision was necessary because I've seen his faithfulness time and time again since then to where like even if somebody came to me and said god killed your son i would say okay i don't think he did that's not that's not my heart of who i who i picture god to be yeah but if that was god's way i would still trust god because i'm like there was a reason then yeah and it was greater than any reason that i could ever come up with it was greater than anything and so um, I believe that God, everything that God does is from a place of love. And so like, I, mm. just to clear that up, I don't, I don't think at all that that's what happened. Um, but I know that God's love was, God's love motivates everything that he does mm. for and around me. Yeah. And so, that's so good. Yeah. I always tell people, I, I tell people to go to vent to God. Like when girls come to me for counsel or they're, you know, like, Hey, I'm going through this thing. I'm like, tell God. I'm like, I mean, it's great that you're coming to me, but I'm like, I'm not going to be there 24-7, but you know who is? Like, God. Yeah. I was like, he, he can handle every single emotion that you throw at him. Yeah, he's big enough. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's big definitely enough to big to enough. Like, yeah. you're not, you're never going to like, you know, uh, you don't have to worry about offending him too much. I mean, he's like, I can handle it, you know? And so I personally have, you know, had very therapeutic moments where I'm screaming in the car at God from a place of pain and agony. Um, but through that, just like you said, the Lord, the Lord is like the best listener. Like he's the best person Absolutely. to vent to. Um, 
And it's like when you open up an emotion to him, whether it's anger, you know, whether it is just like despair, wherever that place that you're coming from is, when you open that emotion up to him and you experience it along with him, it gives him an opportunity to come into that space and move in that space. Yeah. Um, and so just like you were saying, I think that's such a, a powerful, um, like practical application right For there. Sure. Um, but with that, um, I want to ask you a couple uh, questions before we wrap up. So what do you think it looks like to operate um, as God's son today? You know, this is this is the, the modern son part, which hopefully, yeah, sure. you know, will branch into this being a yeah. bigger part um, of the ministry. But yeah, how would you answer that question? Um, I think the thing for me is that I would say that really just having a confidence to approach him no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big visual person, and so when I think of God and the modern son aspect, and I think of us as God's children, um, being a parent now kind of helps me to to see from a different angle. Um, I understand it more. Perfect example, my son knows at any time that he can literally come into any room that I'm in, interrupt no matter what I'm doing. If he thinks I'm busy, if he thinks I got stuff going on, my son does not think about any of those things. He literally will just confidently come up to me and ask me any question that he ever has. Mm. And sometimes as a dad, I'm annoyed by that. But then other times it gives me an opportunity to realize like what our relationship with God can look like. Mm. We should never be afraid to approach him. We should never worry that he's too busy for us. Or we should never think, what, well, what has he got going on? Or we should never think that he's got more important things to think about. Because I can tell you this, I could be sitting in my office working, making money for my family, which is one of the most important things that I do. And my son will walk in and interrupt me to ask if he can have a cup of juice. (laughs) You know, the spectrum there is so big. Like I'm doing big time stuff for our family and he wants a cup of juice. Like there's (laughs) like, that's so bottom level for him to ask that. And, but it paints this perfect picture of no request that we ever have is too small. Yeah. or too big to approach God at any time. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's just this, um, you know, when I think of me personally, when, it, when I think of me being a son of God, it, 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 it just gives me a boldness of saying, I can approach him. Yeah. Like, that's my father. Like, I can go to him no matter what I need, no matter how ridiculous I may feel like it is. Like, mm-hmm. he, like, that's my, that's my, I can do that. Like, this is cool. Like, this is yeah. my, this is my dad. I and mean, like, I can go to him for that stuff. And so I think that, you know, most people don't have that approach with God, though. Mm-hmm. They only go to Him. And that's another thing is that going to Him, not just when you need something. Yeah. Like, to celebrate. To say, mm-hmm. God, man, check this out. Look what I did today. Um, you know, just different things like that. And I, so I think just really, um, just the approachability of, of who our Father is. So. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yes, that's an awesome picture. Uh, and if I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but now you have three children. I do have three children, <laughs> yes. No, this is very true. That's a huge part of the testimony as well. Yeah, a year after we lost, a little over a year after we lost our first son, we had our now son, Gavin, who's eight years old. And then we have had two little beautiful baby girls since then. And so, yeah, we, are, we have three wonderful kids who are all fully aware of Grayson, which is really, really cool. And mm-hmm. so Gavin, if you ask Gavin how big our family is, he will always say six. He will never say five. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's just so aware of Grayson and he mm. talks about getting to go to heaven to play with him. And so it's just really, really cool awesome. um, that our kids are so aware of like who Grayson is for our family too, because 
he's in heaven and yes we were only with him for two hours and 45 minutes but like he changed our lives literally and so it's super cool yeah that's so awesome Gavin's so much fun he's yes, a great he's dancer great. and he's what TikTok famous now he's TikTok famous <laughs> and he's just a wild he's a wild one so <laughs> Uh, so what are some things that you are learning about God like right now today? This you know, season? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we're talking to this. The whole concept of this is faithfulness in the midst of loss. And I have been blessed to see God's faithfulness in so many moments of my life. Mm-hmm. And where I'm at now is that God is teaching me a new side of his faithfulness. And that's this faithfulness in the in the in the background or in the dark. And what I mean by that is, is that I, uh, you know, one of my struggles that, that I've dealt with for a long time is anxiety and depression. So I'll go through seasons where I'm doing great and feeling like I got it beat. And then I'll go through a, a moment where it feels like I am being beat. And God has been in recent months, really, God has been showing me his faithfulness while I can't see it. You know, one of my favorite songs, um, I think it's Waymaker, I think is where, where it's at. I think that's the song that it's in. But it's the one that, it's the, one that the, the bridge says, um, even when I don't see it, you're working. Yeah, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Mm-hmm. And that part to me has been such a growth moment and trusting God moment because mm-hmm. there's, I feel like I've gone through so many things where I couldn't see him working. And in my depression, that's what it's felt like oftentimes because I've seen God's faithfulness in so many little areas that I'm like, why is this the one thing that I still haven't beat? Mm. And every time I ask that question, like talking guess, about depression, depression itself. Yeah. yeah. Every time I ask that, that question to myself, I just hear God saying, even when you don't see it, I'm working. Mm. Like, even though you don't feel it, like I'm working. And it's just a great reminder that sometimes God's faithfulness, you know, we often, it's easy to look at God's faithfulness whenever a moment changes in our, in our physical world. I mean, like, man, God was faithful to take care of that. It's a whole lot harder to trust in his faithfulness whenever you don't see him doing it. Mm. And so that's the part that, that God's really been showing me is that just because you don't see it, just because you don't feel it, doesn't mean that I'm not always 100% of the time working on your behalf. Yeah. And so, like, I just trust that God is, like, the depression that I've faced, that God is continually continuing to knock walls down and dig up roots that are there that are causing that. And, you know, whatever that looks like, I just, you know, I just picture God in the background, just working his tail off to, to help me beat that thing. And so, um, awesome. yeah, just his faithfulness in the background. That's so good. Uh, so what are some practical tips, encouragements, verses that you can share for those wrestling with similar pasts or maybe you're going through, you know, that same sort of experience now? Um, really just a scripture I shared of understanding that God's peace is greater than your understanding. Mm-hmm. I think that's in Philippians 4. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so terrible with references. I'm a I pastor know. who always has to look things up, but no. I'm like, I know the word, I can quote the word, but where it's at, it's, it's the I tough know, part. I know, I struggle with that too. I was like, somewhere in the Bible, yeah, somewhere it says in the Bible, this. I know it says you this. You can find I, it. I can almost, I'll say it verbatim too, but no. No, but I think just, just understanding, um, you know, we have a tendency to chase understanding. With mm-hmm. every situation that we ever face in life, our, our goal for almost everyone I've ever talked to, so I can't fully speak for everyone because maybe there's people out there that are better than me. But, <laughs> but I know this is that, that one thing that I've always done is that any situation that happens, I am chasing understanding. I'm asking the why questions. 
I'm asking, you know, like, wh what is going on? Why did this happen? How did we get here? All those different things. And there, we, I think we get in a tendency of chasing understanding our problems and understanding the things that we're facing so much that we overlook the peace that God's trying to give us. Wow. And so um, if I could give any practical tips, it's that lean into God's peace and stop trying to come up with understanding. Because here's the thing. I think back to that situation that we just shared and I ask myself, what if God would have asked or answered my questions? Mm. What if when I said, God, why did my son have to die while these others lived? What if he gave me the answer to that question? Would that have changed how I felt? Probably not. In fact, it might have made me more angry. Yeah. But what did change me was his peace. See, I still don't understand the answer to those questions. I still look at, like, I'm still... Facebook friends with some of the, with those students. I'm still mm -hmm. Facebook friends with my old pastor. Like I see their kids that were born at that time now grown, like growing up, like they're nine years old now. I see that and I still have those questions when I see them. But God's peace is so much more overwhelming than the answer to those questions. Wow. And so I think that's the main thing is that like oftentimes we're asking questions that even if we had the answers, it wouldn't change our situation. That's good. But peace will change the situation. And so um, that'd be the main thing. Lean into peace. Don't don't chase so hard after understanding. So that's awesome. Well, uh, so last question: Where can people connect with you? Yes. So if you want to connect with me, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on even TikTok. Um, my son is technically on there. It's my account, but it's, <laughs> it's his fame. Basically, like fifty-five thousand followers, but like a hundred of them are mine. So yeah, um, it's no, awesome. You can, uh, so it's J Ring says. So it's J R I N G and then S E Z, and that's pretty much any platform you can find me there. I think on Facebook it's just Josh Ring, um, but you can also connect with me on Xbox at Jaster Posh. So. <laughs> Jaster Posh. Jaster Posh. Yeah, it's Pastor, Pastor Josh. Josh. The letters flipped. Yeah, Jaster that's Posh. Awesome. So that's great. Uh, well, uh, before I have you pray, I just want to say thank you so much course, just for sharing all of that. That is so sincere um, and it's incredible, you know, to know you, but uh, to also be able to sit here and witness, you know, what the Lord's done through you and just to be able to, to hear your testimony. Um, you know, it's encouraging to me. I don't think uh, I just want to, you know, put this out there as a disclaimer, although this ministry is working towards like healing, wholeness and purpose. I don't believe that we ever come to a point that we're completely healed here on this earth. Yeah, I believe sure. that the ultimate like complete healing happens when we meet our father in heaven. Yeah. Um, and so the best that we can do on earth, I mean, we're in, we're imperfect people. We're broken and we're living in a broken world. Um, but we can always work towards healing and For we sure. can always find ways to do things better and in a healthier way. Um, and so, you know, even just to hear you still say that you're, how old are you? 37. 37. And, and depression has been with you all, would you say all your life or for Since most of it? Since my teenage years for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and depression is a part of, is a big part of my wrestling even today. Um, I just found out like earlier this year um, that it was due to like, it's due to like a genetic chemical imbalance. But my whole life I've wrestled with it. Right. You know, sure. but it's one of those things that, um, you know, here you are a pastor um, and you still wrestle with this thing and you're just being open and real about that. So I just want to say thank you. I love seeing that. It's an honor to, yeah, you know, sure. be able to, you know, serve, serve underneath you and be able to, to do life 
um, you know, on your team. So um, with that, um, I just want to ask that you just pray yeah, over to. the listeners today. Love to. Thank you so much for letting me be on. It's been, of course. been fun. I always love to share my story. It's helped so many people already. So anytime <laughs> we can get a broader audience of people that I don't know personally, it's, I think it's just a great, great tool. So thank awesome. you so much. Awesome. Lord, thank you so much, God, just for who you are. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. God, I pray for anyone listening to this that's maybe struggling right now. God, it doesn't have to be the same struggle. It doesn't have to be the struggle of a loss of a child or a loss of a relative or anything like Mm -hmm. that, God. But I just believe that this is applicable and these concepts are applicable to any struggle that we can face in this life. As Janice said, that we're going to face struggles in this life, that the word even tells us that trials and tribulations will come our way. But God, I just thank you that in the midst of those trials, whatever people are facing as they listen to this, God, that I don't know who they are listening. I don't know what they're facing. God, but I love the fact that you do. God, and that we're connected to them through you. And so, God, I just pray over them right now that they would be able to do exactly what I said here at the end of the podcast. And they'll be able to, to lean on peace and to trust you in the midst of their trials, God. Mm-hmm. Let us not get so caught up in trying to understand the whys behind every negative situation that we ever face, God. But let us to put our hope and our trust in you, fully saying, God... I may not understand it, but I need your peace to help me walk through this. So God, I pray that you're able to help them. I pray that you're able to watch over them, to lead them, and to guide them. God, and ultimately, I just pray that you're able to bring healing in a way that only you can. We thank Mm -hmm. you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope and pray that this episode blessed and encouraged you in your walk with God. And we want to ask you to please share this podcast in our website with our free resources with your friends on social media and your community there. We also want to invite you to please consider giving a tax-deductible donation through our website. Your donations make it possible for us to continue reaching women all over the world and equipping them in healing, wholeness, and purpose.